Hi, and welcome to The Last Generation. I'm Maddie Kramer. In 2004, my grandma Susie passed away, and I never got the chance to ask her how she survived the Holocaust. Growing up, she knew she was Hungarian, and that she survived the war, but not really how that impacted her life, and how her own life impacted my mom's, and even mine. I wish I had the chance to know her more, learn her language, and really get to know her. Since 2017, I had an idea that I needed to bring families together to have the chance to talk to the grandparents and ask all the questions I couldn't. Because we are the last generation to get to know their stories while they are alive. You're going to hear an accent because I was raised in Argentina where my grandma escaped after the war. This season, we will listen to Holocaust survivors being asked questions by their grandkids. I hope you enjoy listening to these families having the most wonderful conversations. I loved every second of it. When we think of the Holocaust, we think of the tragic stories, the survivors that being part of those concentration camps. What about the survivors that escaped before everything started? Ruth wouldn't call herself a survivor. She felt ashamed to take away from the people that had worse than her. Her grandkids reminded her that she lived through it and she survived and that they really admire her braveness. Ruth was just seven years old when she was part of Kristallnacht, also known as Kristallnacht, in the beginning of the Holocaust. She moved to Mainham in March of 1939 and then she was deported to France, where she was taken to a concentration camp and later was transferred to an orphanage. While awaiting for her parents to get visas to immigrate to the United States, Ruth recalls the time on the orphanage as terrifying, being away from her parents and not knowing if they were alive. They met again after months, arranging to meet in Toulouse, France. Ruth and her parents immigrated to the United States in June of 1942. She had a beautiful life. She had three children, two daughters and a son, four grandchildren and one great-grandchild. She feels extremely fortunate for the life she had. My first question, Grandma, do you ever feel uh, bitter or sad about what happened? Not really. But what happened, you have to be sad about it that something like that happens. But personally, if I did, if it didn't happen, you wouldn't be here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I wouldn't have right. met your grandfather. <laughs> Do you believe in God? Yes and no. Yeah. At one point more so than now. Before the Holocaust or... Just um, during the Holocaust, I did believe in it. You did? Yeah. So do you think now, the fact that you don't, you say now less than before, is that because of the Holocaust or just other things? In, in just in general. <laughs> he, hasn't, he hasn't helped the, the country. Or she. <laughs> <laughs> or she. Mm-hmm. You know, things that are going on uh, is he mad at the world? <laughs> mm. 
Yeah. They really don't know. In a way, I do believe in, in, a, in the religion more than God itself, I think. What are you most thankful about in your life? What are you most grateful for? Um, coming here. Yeah. And eventually having a family and everything. And life's been good. Do you do you think about the Holocaust often? Like your experiences in Germany? Um, I don't know if, if I say often. I mean, I do think about it. And it does come up in my mind what went what we did and what happened mm -hmm. and that it's still happening and it can happen in any country at any time. Mm -hmm. There are always people there that want to be uh, <clears throat> for whatever reason, money, power. Are there things that you don't talk about? Not really. I mean, you don't talk about it that often and there's no one really like my parents are gone and who would know what went on. So it's kind of difficult talking about it. Did they talk about it? Like when you, you know, I don't know, years, the, the following um, years? Like, too much. And fortunately, we were not the ones that, re being that we were deported early right. and we went to France and we got out before everything really got bad for the Jews. Mm -hmm. and, um, we were, you know, we never had the numbers or anything like that. It was a very different experience. Did you ever feel like, I mean, obviously, I'm so grateful that you were not part of that, but did you ever feel like shame or guilt about like not being? I, no, no guilt on that part. Not at all. Except that I, if I spoke about it, I always would clarify that I was not, in the Holocaust, but not in the real mm -hmm. art of it. Right. Well, you still had your home taken away from you? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Okay. For the house. <laughs> Grandma, how did your parents and some of the older members of your family, when they came over, kind of um, adjust and... Did they find it like difficult or was there anything that you could tell was, was off or different about them coming over no, here? Coming no, here? No. Um, when we came over, fortunately, they were able to get jobs since we came over with nothing, basically. And uh, being, and my parents were very modern for that time. Mm -hmm. so, they didn't, they went with the flow. And they never really talked about it or how bad things, you know, that everything was taken away. They never talked about that. And being that they came over and they had family here and the boys were here, my brothers, yeah. but my parents never wanted to go back to Germany, even to visit. Maybe it was too soon. It was 1969, so they were not ready to go back. Yeah. Did you ever um, wonder, like, why you, why your, like, why Judaism, why that religion, why, you know, 
was there ever a question from that aspect, from like the religious aspect? Um, well, if you go back in history, there was always anti-Semitic uh, going on. You had it in Portugal, you had it way before. So there always was something against one religion or another. So the Jews were probably less, more so involved in that than any of the others. Mm. Maybe because whatever reason, I mean, going back to Egypt and everything, we always were anti-Semitic back then already. Are you angry at all about it? I don't think I waste my time on being angry. It's something I can't change. It happened. Uh, you get over it. You live with it. And um, you don't dwell on it. Mm -hmm. Do you feel like that's how you deal with a lot of things in your life now too? Like you just yeah. <laughs> let them roll off your back? Yep. <laughs> you don't get to this age. <laughs> you can't change it. Why bother? What's, what's like the one message you want to, you would want people to take away from your experience, I guess, of the Holocaust? I don't really know. If anything. <laughs> you can't really take anything away from it. It's just, it's just hoping that it doesn't happen and try to educate people that it shouldn't happen and treat people equally and uh, take them face value, make mm. sure that um, you treat people the way you want to be treated. Mm. Yeah, I like that. That's, that's it. And skin color doesn't matter, whatever. Mm -hmm. It depends on the individual person and their whatever. Yeah. yeah. Good message. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> Grandma, when when you were raising your kids, all of our parents, um, was there anything from like your parents' reactions or how they raised you in Germany or when you first came over here that you kind of brought into your home or, or anything that you taught them when they were growing up? No change. The same way. Honest. Respectful. So things don't change from one country to the other. <laughs> and did you ever talk to them when they were growing up about what you had experienced or was it something that they didn't necessarily know or ask about until they were older? We were only in there from 1940 to 1942. And mm -hmm. The first came after 42. We missed it by about six weeks. Mm -hmm. If we wouldn't have gotten out when we did six, uh, uh, six weeks from that time, we would have been in Auschwitz or one of the camps. Then we might not be here today. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So we, you have to be thankful for little things. That's one of them. Right. So 
I'm going to jump in because uh, I've heard your mother, uh, your grandmother, rather, give testimony for another yeah. project we did. It's Diana. Yeah. Hi. Um, but, you know, your grandmother has that that rose, uh, half, uh, the gla rose colored glasses <laughs> and uh, full glass, uh, glass half full attitude when she says only two years. <laughs> and she was in. In Gur's detention camp, she was left alone, and she had to meet her mother at the train station. So, you, you, Ruth, you're minimizing, you know, your experience. But the thing is, if you really think about what the others experienced, ours was nothing. In you can still have your own pain and trauma, though. <laughs> yeah, but the thing is, if you know what the others had and what yeah. went on in those camps compared to what we had. Yeah, and the guards were outside, but they not were in our faces constantly. I mean, the living conditions were nothing to brag about, <laughs> and you don't want to think about it. One way to put it: shower once a month, you were lucky, and then it was cold water. Mm -hmm. <laughs> in the middle, was the water was gone, and you were still soapy. Yeah, <laughs> I mean things like that. But when you think about what people went through in Auschwitz, in those camps, you have to be thankful for what you had. Yeah. You can't, you can't imagine what they went through. Yeah, sure. So it wouldn't be fair for me to say how terrible everything was when there were things going on much worse. Yeah, only in hindsight you can see that, right? Like, because you didn't know what was well, going to be but do you really remember as like a 10 year old like being in in the oh in the yeah. camp like oh yes <laughs> and, and did you have that same outlook probably not <laughs> at the age of nine no <laughs> right yeah that's how old i was when we went to the camp uh, you live from day to day and um you were glad to get some food, and uh, fortunately, I was only in the camp for about six months, and then I went to the orphanage or whatever the home was. Mm -hmm. So uh, I was different, except there, I never knew if I was going to see my parents again or anyone again. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So do you remember being anything else? Scared, but. Uh, only six months. Like, I wouldn't last a day in that camp. <laughs> You'd be surprised how you can like, oh, survive. <laughs> you need, when you need it to do it, you do it. Right. You don't yeah. think about it. Survival is a very strong uh, emotion. Right. At any age. That's true. At what point were you like, the most, um, I don't know, like scared, like, you know, like where you, where you didn't know like what might happen. Do you remember that sort of, you remember feeling that way at a specific point? Not really at any particular time. I mean, mm -hmm. in a train station waiting for my mother. I think that was kind of scary. Yeah. <laughs> Not yeah. knowing what was going to happen and whatever. Uh, and even coming over on the sh uh, ship was scary because the U-boats were there. 
mm. and uh, everything else. So you know, had scary times. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Grandma, how much do you think at like nine, ten years old, you like fully understood your experience at the time, or was it not until like years afterwards, or you got to the states that you kind of like understood what was fully going on? Uh, while I was there, um, you never knew what if you wanted. We always had the idea of coming to America to one of the safe countries. And not knowing if you're going to be able to or not was always kind of, even at the age of nine or ten, concerned. And uh, like um, knowing to wait for papers for the exit visa and everything, uh, you went for the mail every day to make sh- to see if your name was called, mm. to see if you got that letter. I mean, it was scary, if you think about it. Yes. Yeah. Mm. And the notice came after, don't forget, after Pearl Harbor. So when Pearl Harbor happened, we never, you were more concerned because you didn't know what was going to happen, being that America was not a neutral country anymore. Mm. So that was kind of scary. And walking down the roads in Marseille with the SSS coming by. <laughs> so yeah. we, my mother and I didn't talk, so they wouldn't know that we were uh, German. Mm-hmm. They might have guessed it, but that was about it. Yeah, I can't think of any other questions. Thanks for answering them, Grandma. You're welcome. <laughs> you can call me. The Last Generation Podcast is created by Maddie Kramer, produced by Pico Music New York, with Nicolás Morbelli and Marco Tonizo. Stay tuned for the next episode to hear the story of Rachel Epstein. Contact us at thelastgenerationpod at gmail.com if you have a story to share. This is the Last Generation Podcast, a podcast for the oldest and wisest to tell stories that live on.